Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. Tim O'Leary, I did give you a warning before I said uh, we started recording, but I did say, why and how did you end up in Colombia? <laughs> of all the places in the world, right? But um, originally, I guess my how I got here was via Toronto. Um, I moved to Toronto six years ago. And within six months of being in Toronto, I met my now future wife, and who's Colombian. And in last November, we moved here to have our baby uh, in six weeks from now, <laughs> six to seven weeks from now. And that's, uh, that's how we ended up here. <laughs> it's a story of love. So, And by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be very close to the due date. So incredibly exciting. And yes. So you're you're obviously not from Colombia. You're not from Canada. You're originally from uh, Cork in Ireland. Can you tell us what you originally went to study and what you're doing now as a full time job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess like many people, I had no idea what I wanted to do leaving school. Um, I had worked in my granddad's pharmacy for a little bit, and that kind of sparked my interest in health and different effects it has on the body and things like that. But I had no idea what I wanted to do leaving school, and I put down on my CAO form to do government and political science in UCC. Um, I had, at the time, a little bit of a casual interest in politics through my granddad, but once I realized, once I started studying it, realized a casual interest isn't enough to get you through four years. Um, and as of now, as of last uh, kind of October, November time, I'm a full-time nutrition coach, helping people online to improve their nutrition and health. So it's interesting because when you were, you know, first introduced to the to Granddad's Pharmacy all those years ago, and you had that interest of health, and did it dawn on you to go down this route? Did it, did you look at other health routes, or was it just the the politics and, and government policy stuff first? Um, yeah, I did, I did consider pharmacy uh, for a brief period of time. Um, I just, well, I didn't know whether I'd get the points for it in the beginning. Um, points were pretty high for it at the time that we were leaving school. Um, but I, yeah, it was more the holistic, the sort of the gym aspect of it, the nutrition side of it. Um, and that's why when I did actually drop out of UCC, I went into and studied personal training. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot in between where I am now and how I got here. But uh, yeah, I went down the sort of personal training route, thinking that helping people with the gym and things like that would be uh, the route that I kind of wanted to go through the jigs and the reels. So no, that wasn't where I really wanted to go either. But um, that sort of led a, a cascade of different events that that kind of led me to here. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll take it one bit at a time because it sounds like there's, there's quite a lot to the story. So <laughs> we, when you decided to leave your course, what was you know the the thought process going through your head, and was it an, imme- an immediate? Um, this was I don't use the word attraction, but I can't think of anything else um, to doing personal training, or were you exploring other options at the time? Um, no, I explored other options. Um, I kind of looked at. I guess kind of tied into it too, like psychology I looked at as well. Um, but yeah, I was in the course and as I said, it was a casual interest. And as I began studying it more, I just realized, yeah, I can't stick this for four years. But also when I looked at the sort of the job opportunities of what was I would have had coming out of it, there was nothing that interested me, I guess. 
um, and decided to drop out and looked at what I did have interest in. And that was sort of at the time, yeah, personal training, gym work. And so I went in and studied that. Um, from there, I actually, weirdly enough, I spent a lot of time doing um, competitive in MMA. Uh, really? Just, yeah, yeah, for... Um, for I was yeah for three or four years I I um yeah I was training sort of the six seven days a week twice a day sort of thing uh I've had a had a few competitions had a few fights and kind of got to the point where it was like almost at a crossroads of will I go to take it competitively professionally or or just give up completely MMA is one of those sports that. You're all in, and you're all out, and at that point, I decided uh, I was I was all out. <laughs> it had just got it's. I don't know. For me, it was always just a personal challenge. It was just what I wanted to do for my own, just sort of self improvement, I guess. Um, I never dreamed of being in the big lights and sort of that sort of a show. Um, and then from there, went on to sort of study the nutrition side of things. That's when I really kind of got my my feed into the nutrition side of things. So before we go into the nutrition part of the, the story, when you're looking at kind of the personal training and the MMA and all that, what kind of time frame are we looking at here? We, you know, was this a year after college after you finished your course or was it, was there a longer period of time? Um, there was a, a bit of a gap. Um, I suppose after I finished, yeah, I kind of dawdled around, didn't really know what I was doing after I, I dropped out. Um, yeah, I went into the service industry once I left um, and was there for about a year or two while I was sort of training the MMA as well and then just sort of put that on the back burner and trained MMA actually full-time. Considered kind of going down the, the pro route, the professional route, um, but then, as I said, decided against that eventually. So, But that was sort of a block of maybe uh, three or four years, I would say. So obviously, I suppose it's starting to make a little bit of sense now how you know you, you went from from I suppose the, the the government policy to nutrition because it sounds like there was always that interest in health, always interest in that holistic side. If you're going to be doing MMA to that level, I would imagine I have no idea because you'll never see me in a, in a cage unless I'm forced to be in there. But I'm assuming nutrition would be a massive part of that conversation. So is um, that how you got into that even more? Yes. So? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sparked my interest. Um, I guess like you're training so much, it was sort of got me into the sports nutri nutrition side of things and got me interested in, the, I guess, the effects that it has in terms of that. So like when you're training that often, like if your nutrition isn't on point, then yeah, it has, you can physically see the effects, I guess. Um, like you've just noticed right away that your your nutrition is not there to support it. Um, so that's what sort of sparked the interest. And I also kind of helped a, a couple of people. There was there was other guys training that sort of level and they weren't, um, like their, their nutrition wasn't dialed in, I guess. Um, and they were, they were struggling to get through sort of that many sessions and that many to, to lead up to competitions and things like that. And that's where I kind of noticed I had a, a real, real interest in it and wanted to kind of make it a career, yeah. So once you kind of, you're at that crossroads, you, you know, the temptation is to go and go down the MMA route or there's also you know, this, this nutrition option. Mm -hmm. How did you, how did you make that step? How did you decide, well, I suppose not even how did you decide, but how did you take the first step into the world of nutrition after the MMA stuff finished? 
Well, yeah, uh, even before I kind of finished, I was actually studying um, to become a nutritionist. I was kind of, kind of doing them both at the time, wondering would I kind of, uh, you know, sort of, I guess that was kind of my first foot out of the MMA stuff. Um, but then sort of got offered a relatively big fight in terms of it was for like an amateur belt and things like that. And I kind of saw step past if I win this then where where does it lead me and it was kind of like yeah it would at that point sort of be looking at turning pro there's other guys with similar amount of experience that were turning pro at the same time so it was like yeah it's either continue on this or or jump out and, and go fully into the nutrition side of things yeah so when you decided to to go fully into nutrition what was were you aware of the jobs are around were there opportunities in cork what what was the kind of how did you figure out what the next step was um yeah i guess i probably jumped two feet into it um i actually opened up my own health food store um down in in cove just outside of cork a small little town there and so i sort of jumped two feet in once i'd finished my course decided i wanted to go into business for myself and opened up a store, ran that for a good while, um, learned a lot. <laughs> it was my first sort of exposure to real business on your own, how much work it is and, and things like that. But uh, that was, yeah, that was my first real dive into it, I guess, head first. And how long were you doing that for? Um, it was about, we were open just over a year and I actually fell very sick. Uh, I know we, we kind of talked about that a little bit, but yeah, I was uh, for I was in hospital for about ten days with sort of stomach issues. Didn't really know what it was, and was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis or UC, and was shocked because I was at the time, you know, in shape, taking care of myself, taking care of my nutrition, things like that. But I I was under a lot of stress, and did my own sort of research from that. I was uh, shocked at the, the lack of sort of guidance or, I don't know, instruction from the, the hospital setting in what they were giving me, what they were telling me to eat or what they weren't telling me to eat and things like that. Um, and actually did my own research on it, started sort of doing the best I could. I didn't really know what I was doing either, but I was, I was doing the best I could. Um, but within I would say two and a half to three months, I actually sort of, I guess, self-cured it. Um, I just took care of my health and did everything that I could find and studied about. And yeah, I went back in for tests three months later from the day I was released. And they said that it was everything was clear. Even after, after being told that I, there was medications I had to take for the rest of my life, like they told me that, that I would be taking it Till the day I die was why I remember that was kind of a big shock point um, for one one doctors told me that and yeah just kind of went dived into it and researched everything I could and and I guess yeah sort of healed it myself. And it, it, you you were a reference that we we spoke with this off mm -hmm. mic and you're hundred hundred percent right and and I think what's interesting and people should should realize is that when when we had a conversation it came across very clearly that your passion for nutrition which was obviously there anyway seems mm -hmm. to just have went from from being a high level to just you know uh, hitting the roof in terms of you realizing the potential of what this could do for your clients or customers people you were working with would that be a fair thing to say yeah absolutely yeah yeah 
I guess seeing the effects of how sick I was and um, I guess when I say I was I was taking care of myself yeah probably not as much as I could have been like in terms of what I was able to change and just seeing the effects on my own body um, in terms of digestion in terms of just overall energy the recovery I was able to make versus when I was following their guidelines or whatever was just it was night and day yeah so it really showed me me the effects of everything I'd kind of studied of, of how real it is and how much of an effect it can have yeah and why do why do you think they they because I'll be honest for anyone listening right I know nothing about medicine and nothing about nutrition so if anything I say in the next 30 seconds is really stupid please forgive me but but, <laughs> but why do you think that there was not a conversation about nutrition with your doctor when all that happened or I don't, like there was you weren't referred to a nutritionist there was no kind of like conversation about it yeah there, well there was um I guess well the first thing I was shocked at was the the hospital food that they were giving me was like there was a lack of kind of nutrients in it there was nothing that was supporting what I was going through if anything it was making it worse um and I did have a sort of an I think it was an hour-long appointment with a dietitian who came in sat on the end of the bed told me sort of things like oh you should maybe eat low fiber see how it is see how it feels and that was kind of it that was literally all I came away with um which was like okay that's I followed that it helped a little bit but but then what like on the road to recovery and just in general of actually trying to heal it trying to figure it out um there was no sort of aftercare of the guidance or anything like that I I don't know I know the the health service is overwhelmed and it, it absolutely has its time and place um but I just think it's yeah, it's 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 overwhelmed, I guess. Overwhelmed, understaffed. I don't know what it what it is, um, but I just think it's a different different sort of world in terms of optimal living and optimal healing and, and recovery and things like that. I just don't think they have the time for it, maybe. Yeah, and and as well, just kind of throw a bit of context. I've not really spoken about this on on the podcast before, but but I I was quite sick for quite a long time, and I remember the 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 nurses and doctors who work with me, who were absolutely fantastic, would would often say to me, "Hospital is not." Uh, I can't remember the phrase they used to say. The hospital is not a place um to rest, and um it's not a, like there was and by that they made there wasn't there was a certain element of recovery that wasn't included in the hospital setting. They just didn't have the capacity or the or the, or the uh, the yes was capacity or ability to be able to to give that kind of care it was literally about keeping you alive and and mm-hmm. getting you home and um yeah i just i just I, I just want to put that kind of context in just thought it would, would be uh, useful so and, yeah. and so when you're, you're making this recovery you're um i'm assuming that had an effect then on the business you were running at the time massive one yeah unfortunately yeah and did that mean it had to close because of that, or was it? Um, no, we 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 reopened like it, we closed down sort of in the interim while I was like yeah I was kind of down and out. I would say the ten days in hospital and probably a month or two. I'd say if I'm trying to think back, but we closed the doors. We did open up again afterwards, um, but kind of got to a point where in the back of my mind I always had wanted to live abroad somewhere, um, and I sort of took that opportunity. We kind of got to a point where it was at a break-even point of the business and it was like I had learned a lot I had come away with a ton of experience and took that opportunity to to jump abroad over to Toronto then at that point so So what did you do when you got to Toronto 
Um, again, jumped back into the, the service industry, worked in a cafe there for the first sort of year, um, fell in love with the place and decided I had, I had been flirting with the idea of going back to college and studying uh, a bit of business because I had, had learned so many lessons the, the hard way in, in having my own business, uh, kind of wanted to jump back into it and actually studied uh, business over there. Um, so went back into that and once I came out of that got back into the, the health fields so started working with a supplement company over in Toronto for well for yeah two or three years and it, it's interesting because it, it that kind of sandwiches you know the your that experience I should say is, is sandwiched either side by you know entrepreneurial experience you know setting up a business a corporate setting for business in Colombia was it mm -hmm. weird having to work for someone else again having you know this was a very natural entrepreneurial instinct um yeah there's definitely an adjustment period um but I think that's probably I don't know just even now just reflecting on it I think that's why I did jump back into the service industry because it can be sort of relaxed a little bit like it's a relaxed environment at least where I was working was um there was no sort of big bad boss breathing down my neck sort of idea. So it was sort of a, a gentle back into working for somebody else, but sort of being kind of left alone, I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, it was the, even still after studying and jumping back into the, the supplement company, it was then it was an adjustment again of like, yeah, I don't work for myself anymore. So uh, and in that role, I was in a in a managerial role there as well so it was yeah it was like it's a little bit difficult in the beginning but yeah I kind of adjusted it to it fairly quick I think so um but yeah you're you're right it definitely it's a different experience for sure and how long did you um work for the supplement company um just over two years yeah my last sort of two two and a bit years in Canada yeah and and Obviously, then we, we've already touched on this a little bit. Real life comes along, love comes along, family comes along, and, yeah. and you're drawn to Colombia. And and you, you're you're now you know you've set up this business. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about about your business and what you've been doing and what you're hoping to do in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I sort of um, again once once we kind of made the decision to uh, to move to Colombia to have our baby here. Um, I sort of got the wheels rolling of the, the business and set that up. Um, it's health and nutrition coaching. So it, it came, for, I guess, from the inspiration of still working with the supplement company, with working with my own. Uh, so that was probably the most I could. I felt like I could help people when I was working with my own health food store. Uh, but same with personal training as well. I always felt like I was affecting change in just one aspect of somebody's life. So when somebody came in and we could help them get the supplement they need that will help, but it wasn't always felt like I wanted to sit down with them and just say, okay, like, tell me about your diet, tell me about your exercise. There's, there's so much more to it. Um, and I never really felt like I got the opportunity to, to do that. Like you can do it to some degree um, on sort of the sales floor or something like that, or the gym floor. But uh I guess the inspiration was to, to actually be able to do that and sit down with somebody and have an hour-long chat with them and, and figure out everything that's going on in their life, including down to their, their kids' names, their every, everything about them, their schedule, and and then we can really make a roadmap of how you want to 
how you can get to where you want to go um, versus just, yeah, this is the supplement you're looking for. It's going to help, but there's, there's, there's so much more to it. Um, so that's kind of where the inspiration came from. And yeah, set it up. Um, and it's, it's been exactly what I've hoped, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, I have been able to in, impact change on people and be able to just help them through, coach them through, because it is difficult. It's getting more and more difficult with the amount of information out there. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I try to help people with, the kind of clearing the, the, the general bullshit of the health and nutrition world and the fitness world in particular, um, of just what it is actually works, but also what works for you. Because um, there's so many people out there just spouting that they have the answer and that they have exactly what you need. But uh, a lot of the times, as many, many people over many years have, have found out it's, it's not. Um, it's just a short-term fix and, and that just leads to short-term results. So a lot of my work, I guess, is also working on people's mindsets and just their general mindset around the health and nutrition world and just changing that as well, that you can you can still sort of eat quote-unquote bad foods and things like that, but as long as you're staying on track and, you're, and you, you get back on track and you know how to get back on track and you know you're doing the right thing, then it's perfectly fine. Whereas a lot of these two-week diets, four-week diets, six-week diets, things like that that are just super restrictive and just don't allow anything um, that's it's it's never going to last and people just end up frustrated and and tired and exhausted with 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 our world I guess so yeah I really wanted to sort of impact change on people and change their mindset and, and give them the tools to set them up for long-lasting success it's interesting because I know it's obviously a podcast. People can't see you right now, but your your energy and, and your enthusiasm for that really comes across, and you're you you're almost kind of jumping out of the screen. You can tell that, that you love it. Uh-huh. I am curious from from a kind of comparative point of view because obviously the the your industry and my industry are completely different, but there, I think there's there's a little bit that we might potentially overlap in because when I started going into careers education, I very much was idealistic about you know. I had a, a very, I, I, I suppose I assumed what worked for me would work for everybody. And I soon realized very much what you said that worked for what worked for me doesn't work for 99.9% of people who come to see me and I needed to be adaptive to their experiences. Mm-hmm. How much did becoming a coach change how you viewed your own nutrition and your own lifestyle or, or how you viewed nutrition as a concept? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. Um, yeah, a lot. Um, you kind of learn that exactly what what's worked for you is not going to work for everybody else. Um, but the same, I guess, the biggest concept of that is that also trying to instill that in people that just because it worked for your friend, your neighbor, your brother, your sister, whoever it is, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Like it, it really is individual. It's your health. It's your body everybody's body reacts different everybody's mind reacts different everybody's mindset is different so yeah it's it's basically just understanding that and i guess yeah i i i don't want to sound like oh yeah but i i guess i did kind of always understand that a little bit to some degree because i saw so many different 
experiences with different people through just different training and different businesses and things like that, I sort of saw that the wide variety of things that do work when you're in the, because I think you learn a lot in the, in this world from colleagues and things like that. And, and they have completely different mindsets too. Like I've worked with, you know, vegans, vegetarians, all, all sorts of different people who are into keto, paleo, things like that. And it works for them. So it's like, this is somebody who also knows just as much as I do, if not more, and I'm working alongside them, but they do something, they have a completely different approach and it works for them. It's not just somebody that just picked up a book and just went with it. Do you know what I mean? They've also studied, they also have the same background. So that kind of gives you the confidence of, yeah, it, it does work if you do it. If you do things correctly, um, then it, it, it can work for anybody sort of thing. Yeah. Presumably, you're, you're working with clients who are based uh, all around the world. If you know, it's, it's not just people in Colombia; it's people who are, who are based in various different countries. How, how much do you think the people's cultural differences affect how they approach their nutrition? Massively, yeah, massively. I think um, I think that's sort of even been made bigger again here for being here with. Uh, my wife and and her family like it's very much of a, a culture a food culture here so it's yeah it's you know it, the, the dishes are completely different for me it's sort of i've been doing a lot of my own research since i got here of, of what exactly i'm eating like i just eat what i'm what i'm told to eat but it's um yeah trying to figure out what what's what exactly because it's just completely different so it does take a, a bit of time when it's somebody like that that is from a completely different culture than I am. It does take a bit of more conversation in terms of if I'm working with somebody Irish. Yeah, I, I know the foods, I know the supermarkets, I know the I, I know what they're talking about right away. But it, there's a bit more dialogue there, I guess, of trying to figure out exactly what the foods are. It might take a bit of research on my side, but just sort of the the, the basic principles are sort of similar. But yeah, the actual foods. And the the cultural maybe pressures or social pressures can be different for sure, yeah. And I suppose that's where you know, you, having lived on three continents, uh, you you have you know you can pull on that life experience. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of our chat, and I just wanted to kind of look back on your experiences with the kind of people who listen to this podcast in mind. You know, who who may or may not be interested in nutrition, but just who generally are trying to figure their career out and where they're going. So what would be your tips looking back and what would you what what advice would you want to kind of or what would you want to say to them um yeah so i guess my biggest thing is is nobody's really sure i guess um there's always going to be no matter what you're doing um there's all there's always be a little bit of imposter syndrome or or just sort of the uncertainty am i doing the right thing or the wrong thing but um I guess just yeah, just keep moving through it. You're no matter what you do or no matter where you end up, you're building up experience, and that's sort of the is like I guess kind of just prepping for this podcast a little bit was sort of a I had to look back and I'm like oh yeah that it all sort of links up in the end. Um, so you're building experience towards what you you may or may not want to be doing in the end, but it's it's all building blocks along as you go. So whether there's parts of Parts of that story that I was not very happy at that time. So it's like, and I felt like it was wasting my time, but you know, it's, it's building up experience as you go. And 
at some point you will use the skills you're, you're learning everywhere so it's just keep keep going and don't be always thinking that you're doing the wrong thing am i doing the right or wrong thing it's at the end of the day it's it's experience and that's that's really what what matters at the end of the day absolutely 100 percent. and if anyone's interested in you where can they find you um probably instagram is probably the best place um at elevated lifestyle underscore coaching or the website elevatedlifestyle.com. yeah they can catch me either of those places there's a, an email on the website that they can find me as well so either of those places probably the best places to catch me yeah. and i'll put a link to both of those in the description if anyone uh, wants to check them out thank you very much tim o'leary uh you're an absolute gent i appreciate you taking it because it's the middle of the day where you are it's it's a nighttime where i am but this is the time <laughs> difference yeah i'm yeah. so jealous because i can see the sun in the camera <laughs> and i'm through the window i don't think i've seen the sun since july and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Thanks very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening uh, as well. Um, as always, uh, your support for the show is hugely appreciated. If you want to follow the show, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok because I'm cool like that. And um, uh, and I will speak to you next time. Okay. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.